Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Christoph Katzbeck. Hey there, Jay. Hey, Christoph. How you doing? Good. I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Um, all right. I'm, yep. I am. You, you are. No, you I'm are not, not. I am. No, you are not. No. That different. I'm here. Different kind of church, different kind of podcast context. Different. That would have yeah. been okay. Yeah. That's supposed maybe to be Maybe not a church podcast. But not, yeah, and not referring to myself in that. So, well, I, I'm here and trucking along. So just got back again from, basically it was gone. We kind of clumped our vacation all together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you were gone and then you were back for like a real short while and you're gone. Gone again. Yeah. Now I'm back. For, well... Yeah, you're you're gone again. Which is one day, but depends on when somebody's listening to this. It yeah. does. By the time they listen to this, probably I'll probably be back. Them. And then yeah. yeah, no, it won't affect them. But um, how, yeah, how have the think? travels been? It's been great. It's yeah. been fun to have another driver in the in the crew. Yeah. So that's been good. So um, and then so I got back and I hadn't driven um, my old truck for a while, and so I went to take that yesterday. And I mentioned this to you, but this is fun that I got to. Um, participate in a wildlife um, relocation program oh, yeah. <laughs> that I came came out to like thought I should run the truck because anybody that's around here knows like you gotta you gotta run your vehicle you know if you have an extra vehicle like old vehicle you gotta run it every once in a while make sure I think it that's runs usually in the winter but you know it's anytime but also wildlife because in the summer you know so I get out there and there's a chipmunk on the rear bumper and I said to him I said hey chipmunk what are you doing and he looked at me, which was weird. He looked at me and then climbed up into the vehicle, which freaked me out because it looked like he climbed into the back, like through the tailgate. And I'm like, how did he get through there or whatever? But then I think he didn't actually climb the tailgate. I think he just happened the bumper was a little lower than the yep, frame yep. and he climbed up into the frame. So then I was like, well, now what do I do? And I thought, well, I got to go to work, so I'll just take him with me. So if he hung on, then we relocated him to the church. Did he have like a, a giant like oversized T-shirt and a, a backwards baseball cap? Um, was his I name Alvin? Tell. He at all? didn't introduce himself. Okay, but well. I, I did. I didn't notice a backwards baseball cap, but it was close. Okay, you know. He looked at me like he understood me. And, they do, and so he on, thought so. he thought that he was just going to hitch a ride. So jokes on him. He just moved, and he doesn't really. But maybe he, if he hung out there all the whole time, then jokes on me because then he's back at home. That's no. true. Maybe he just, maybe that's just where he I don't lives know, man. in the truck. All I can say is now living in in more a more rural area, I've gotten like I just see wildlife totally different. What do you mean? Like in the past, I think growing up in in the suburbs or in the city, if you saw a chipmunk or whatever, ah, chipmunk, you know, it's that's like cute. It was, oh, it's cute. Okay. Yeah, but you don't think about it like creating a nest in your vehicle. You don't think about it getting into your house and wreaking havoc. You're just like, oh, it's just, just that moment they're there. It's yeah. Neat. yeah. 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 And uh, it's like, they're like a prop in your life. You know, that's Same. very, it's very true. Yeah. And then like last night we had a deer that like a little kind of, a, I would call it a teenage fawn, like okay. a, a teenager, um, was in our backyard. Just, you know, right behind our window, just mound down on our little flower bed or whatever. Every and, time. Yeah. yeah. And so all I look at is when I look out there, I'm like, you're destroying the flowers and you're dropping ticks. That's what I think now. Whereas back in the old days, I would have been like, oh, dear, look at this. Taking a bunch of pictures. We, we live in, we live in Marinette, kind of in the quote unquote city, I guess city, I guess as city as you can get. Yes. You definitely live Um, in in town. But there are deer who are in the area and it is like at first I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's really cute. And like, I would go for walks in the morning. I'd see them I'm like, oh, look at the deer. And then we planted a garden this year. Yeah. And now it's just annoying because yep. they're gnawing at our raspberry bush and they're, yep. you know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, they become a nuisance. It's ironic like, that people who love the love nature move out to be in nature and then end up hating you nature. You just get annoyed with nature, yeah. So yeah. I don't know what that says, but um, maybe they aren't giving thanks for being in nature. Maybe they should be learning to give thanks. Maybe they should have some gratitude in yes, their hearts. Yes, gratitude, yeah. which is something you feel, but yeah. Thanksgiving is something that you do. That's incredible. What a segue. What a segue. You should, so, you should get yeah. an award for that from some sort of broadcasting. Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah. I'm all, I, I feel like that's become my new thing is trying to figure out some weird segue. But anyway, so you preached on Psalm 100 this weekend, which was on giving thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I mentioned this in the sermon, but I was I was really struck by the fact that it's give. It's the only psalm that's actually given the title a a psalm of giving thanks. Right. That there are there are none other. Which I always think of psalms, and I guess that's what I kind of default to is I think like oh most of them are about giving thanks, but yeah, that's the only one that has the title. Yeah, it is really interesting in preaching through the Psalms um, that the same themes are going to come up, you know, and the, and there's a way in which, there's a sense in which you end up spending a, a summer kind of going over these same themes of praising God, of giving thanks, of confession, of um, abounding, you know, God abounding in steadfast love. There's all these themes that, that keep coming, but then there are Psalms that kind of take a very specific mm-hmm. aim at one of those themes, and this is definitely... Um, this is definitely one of those. Uh, there are definitely things that stood out to me, but I'm just wondering what was there anything that you left out that or that you feel like you didn't get to cover, or was there anything particularly that now looking back on it that struck you as this was a this was a big takeaway, or this is the thing I hope people took away from? Yeah, I really hope I. Yeah, there were a lot of things, and I I kind of mentioned it towards the end because towards the end I was giving. Um, some practical ways of giving thanks and then some some pitfalls or things that take away thanks. And and I would have loved to have gone a little bit deeper into the reason why. Um, but I think what really struck me about this psalm and as I was praying about it really was this paradigm of the feeling of gratitude and the doing of thanks and how they they so work in tandem with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, from from a from a great uh, a grateful heart, we we um we express and do things out of that Thanksgiving. And then oftentimes out of that Thanksgiving, we grow in gratitude. And so they kind of work together in this, in this tandem. And as I was thinking through some of the things that steal from it towards, towards the end, talking about like um, uh, grumbling and and covetousness and these different things that um, tend to steal gratitude away from us. It's these things that we do that then affect our hearts that then affect what we do. It's kind of the same idea of like, Mm -hmm. it just works the same way, the same cycle. Yeah, I think, well, I think that that in particular is really helpful to describe that phenomenon, which is, you know, it's often a common question of, well, should I, should I do this thing that I know is the right thing, even if I don't feel like it? Because we know that God cares about the heart. So we talk about that all the time, that it's not about our external works. It's about our, the condition of our heart. And so sometimes the relationship between those two things can can be a little tricky and a little and a little sticky. So I think um, I think that's really interesting to talk about um, to talk about the difference between feeling gratitude. So do we only give thanks when we feel gratitude, or do we give thanks even if we don't feel gratitude? Is gratitude does it come from giving thanks, or is that it? Is it stirred by? knowledge is it stirred by like what is it and and the answer is always yes to all of it yeah exactly you know like um i think one big thing that i always want to make sure people understand is that often 
often our action can reveal our heart. So if I'm giving thanks, if I know I'm called to give thanks and I give thanks and realize that I don't feel gratitude, but I'm just kind of verbally giving thanks, then it's serving its purpose by shining light on the fact that I don't, that I'm not feeling um, gratitude. There are other times where, like you said, the actual act of giving thanks kind of starts the, that ball rolling and then you start feeling gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny. I've, I have referenced, um, I have referenced mere Christianity a number of times in my sermons this whole summer because I've been going through it with students and it's just been kind of the Lord's timing in whatever it is we're studying for that week. And our classes are on Sunday night. So I have to kind of have it read by the time I'm about to preach and uh, it's funny you say that. I didn't put this in the sermon, but there's a whole chapter called Let's Pretend. And mm. his whole mm. concept is this idea of like, it, it's kind of like uh, he, he's working towards this idea of becoming more Christ-like. And you are kind of dressing up to be more like Christ, even though there's kind of this tension. And he describes that tension in there of like, that is a lot of the Christian walk is like, there are going to be moments when you don't feel like doing what is the right thing. And there will be like this tension, but oftentimes you find that when you do it, when you actually engage in it, um, it produces that very thing that was lacking from the beginning to do it. Right. You know, and um, I'm trying to get, he had a, he had a specific example of just extending like a nicety towards somebody. You wake up, yes. you're grumpy, you're frustrated. Somebody else, you know, maybe in the morning is not. And, you know, you're doing everything to fight yourself being to, to, to be mean and kind of tear down that person and said, you're, you're kind to them. And oftentimes what it does is it kind of breeds this, uh, um, it breeds this joy inside of you because you worked. I mean, it's not all the time. Um, well, so that, I think that's, what's important about it is what's, what's the difference? You know, how do you, um, you know, there are a lot of different ways. So we've talked before about, um, like in our house, if I'm feeling frustrated towards one of my kids, then I'll give them a hug. You know, that, that physical connection mm -hmm. yep. of showing, demonstrating physical love and affection, my heart will kind of come along with it. Um, if you want to grow in generosity, then it's a really good idea to give. Like you, it is often common to lead out with our actions and letting our heart kind of follow that and, and train. We see it all the time on, on Sunday morning. If you're not feeling very worshipful, then one of the best things you can do is sing out loud. Um, that will stir, like your, your heart will follow. But then the question becomes, well, how do you then protect from it being putting on a facade or putting on a show? So like if I don't feel generous and yet I give, then aren't I just doing the false works, you know, the works that are false righteousness and they're not actually genuine because, because I wasn't feeling generous. I was doing it out of duty, for example. Yeah. And, and I think the answer to that is just a simple, don't settle for that. Like understand like that the heart is what God is after. And so um, when I when I sing, if I don't feel very worshipful and then and I start singing out loud, I'm not singing out loud to as as the act of worship and saying like, well, see, it, it doesn't matter whether I feel like it or not, I sang and so therefore it, it was good. It was, I'm, I'm singing in faith, trusting God to give me the grace to stir my affections for him so that he, so, so that I would truly worship him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it, yeah, absolutely. It's a step of faith. So if I see someone that I'm frustrated with and I'm upset with them, like what C.S. Lewis is talking about, and I do an act of kindness towards them, I don't do that to be fake. 
I do that in faith, knowing exactly. that yep. that God is going to meet me there and trusting for him to shape my heart to love that person well, rather than sitting there and being like, well, I don't want to be fake, so I'm just going to you know give them the cold shoulder until I feel like being nice to them. We would say, no, respond in faith and say, I know what God wants from me is to show compassion and kindness towards this person. And I'm going to pray that God is going to meet me there and, and do a work in my heart um, so that I actually do love them. Well, and it, it, it kind of goes to the question then of what do you what do you believe is the true and right thing to do and pursue and be? And when you don't feel that, to like you said, have faith to step into that knowing like, man, I don't feel like it right now. I don't feel like this is the case, but I know deep inside. Um, it's, it's the constant tension of what we want versus what we need. Uh, and, and, you know, you'd mentioned, and it's funny cause you, I think you told us, I think you told us this, uh, when it was really early on when we moved here. So when we moved here, we just had Maggie and now we have Maggie, Shiloh and Abel. And I think you had told me like one of the things you guys do is like, if there's an argument going on, you have your kids hug for like 30 seconds. Was that, was that <laughs> yeah, you that we did? I think you told me that we did that for a while. Yeah. 20 seconds. It was a 20, 20 second. Hug. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and like, you're not, you're not the only one that I've heard say that, but, um, and you know, that works for so long, but right now with my daughters who are seven and four, um, you can tell that when they're frustrated with each other, when one has taken a toy from the other or, or whatever, we're like, okay, like you guys are sisters, you love each other. I know you do, um, you know, hug each other. And like what that does is that actually brings to fruit what is actually real and kind of takes away that like momentary, that, that, that thing that in the moment is just kind of bar- barring them from, from doing whatever it is they need to do. Um, you know, an, another example would be, and I, I know I go back to like fitness stuff, fitness stuff often, but, but people will ask. So like, I, I love working out and they go, well, how do you get the motivation to work out? And it's like, well, it's not about motivation. It's about discipline. You know, if, if you base it upon motivation, then you're going to go by the whims of how you're feeling and not by the whims of like, what do I need? What, what is, what are my goals? What am I aiming for? Um, in the same way with our, with our walk with Christ, we're like, well, we're called to be thankful. We're called to be joyful. We're called to be patient. We're called to be all those things. And yet there are momentary things that happen in our life that steal those from us. Mm-hmm. How do I then in that moment trust that the right thing isn't what I feel and what I want? It's what God has called me towards. Well, and that he is going to work through that to give us actually the desires of our heart, like the deeper desires like the actual that we should good, want. the actual good best thing. Right. And I think like this is so critical because in my in my spiritual journey— I started out thinking early in my Christian life, I would have said like, well, it doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. The, what you're supposed to do is just obey God. But if you settle for that, that's when you get into self-righteousness and hypocrisy because your heart actually hardens during that because what you think True. is, well, the right thing is for me to go to church and worship. Like, let's just talk about going to church. Lots of people don't feel like going to church on Sunday morning. Um, some people really get excited and are anticipating it. And for everybody, it's it's a mix. Like there have been Sundays where I'm just, I can't wait to be here. And then there are Sundays where I need, I need God's help to, for whatever reason, to want to be there. And, and so like, if you just settle for that, so early in my Christian life, it was, well, just do the, do the right thing. But then that, that allows for a hard heart to grow. Like it allows for a separation of my emotions and my affections from my actual actions, which is the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Um, 
so then I went to the other side and I fell into the other ditch of saying like, well, you need to be authentic. So if you don't feel like doing it, then don't do it because that would be hypocritical. So if you don't feel like giving, don't give. If you don't feel like going to church, don't go to church. If you don't feel like, you know, any of these things, like, because it was all about like, and pray that God would give you a heart to want to do that thing. But I definitely fell off in the other ditch of saying, don't do that thing until God gives you the heart to go do that thing because you don't want to be a hypocrite. And now I feel like I've gotten to a place where I understand how those things, I mean, better, I understand better how those things work in concert with each other, that it really is about understanding that what God is after is your heart. But one of the ways he transforms your heart is by giving you commands and actions that you are called to do. So if you're going to train, like, so what you want, like you think about fitness, what you want is somebody to, you know, desire to be physically active and to feel good and to want to go and want to work out and all those different things. But you know that the way that you can stir that desire in them is to get them to actually do it. If you wait until you want to do those things, you'll never want to do that. Same way with basically anything in life that's worthy of having. And so I think it's fascinating then it explains why God actually gives the command to give thanks because he knows that what he desires for us is to have a heart of gratitude. What we really want is to have a heart of gratitude. I don't know anybody who would prefer bitterness. I mean, you can get there, but by and large, most people in a normal day would say, I would rather feel gratitude right now than feel envy, for example. Yeah. And so God wants that for us. He knows that that's truly what we actually do want deep down. That's a better thing. And so rather than just hammering us with, well, just feel gratitude. He gives us exercises. He gives us things that we can do to help foster and cultivate a a heart of gratitude, which is give thanks, worship the Lord God, sing praises, make a joyful noise. These things that he says, do these things. That's why we take communion. That's why we do all these. I mean, he gives us physical things that are the, um, it's like getting the ball rolling. It's stirring the pot. It's getting, it's it's moving our heart. It's They're meant to pave the way for our heart to come in and say, ah, yeah, this is so good. This is what I really want to be doing. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, let me see if, let me see if I can kind of. Well, can I just, yeah, let me just throw this out yeah. there and then you do it. Like, so f- the best example I can come up with that most people I think would understand is, um, how many times you have thought, like if you get up on a Sunday morning and you think, I don't really want to go to church. I want to sleep. I want to sleep or I don't like, I haven't had so many days in a row. I've had so many, like whatever. And I just need a quiet day at home. <clears throat> but then out of either discipline or whatever, or faith, like you just say, you know what, but I know it's important to be there. So I'm going to go be there. And within minutes into the first song, you're already thinking, I'm so glad I'm here. Right. Like this is where I need to be. Why did I ever not why why did I ever want something different? So that's a that's a tangible example of how just stepping out in faith and God meets you there and your heart comes along for the ride once your body just says, No, this is this is what we're doing and your 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 heart gets moved and you are thankful that you did that. So Yeah, no, I love that I love that um example. And I'm gonna use that same example just to see if I can understand thinking about this, thinking about the the person who they do come to church in faith despite not wanting to, and it is 
um, life-giving versus the person who does the exact same thing and all it does is kind of like root them in more bitterness, which definitely happens mm-hmm. sometimes. I'm trying to think why why does that happen? And see if, if, if you agree with this or not, but it feels like a, a, a faith issue. So you're talking about faith, but it, like I think it's not necessarily a lack of faith. It's a lack of what you're putting your faith in. So it's a, am I bringing my thanks offering um, with with faith that God will use it in the way that he is going to use it that is good and beneficial? Or am I going expecting God to give me something, having faith in myself to allow myself to then create and cultivate this sort of thing? And the thing is, is like when we put faith in ourselves, we, we have this tendency to stray from the things of God and we put faith in God. He has this tendency to grow things inside of us that we um, didn't expect. And, and so I think like, I, I've, I've really been struck by the fact that the word confidence means with faith. And, and when we think about faith, the question is, what are we putting our faith in? What is, what is our confidence in? Do we have confidence in something or someone? And when we are doing things with confidence that God will do something with it, then we're kind of relieving, we're not only relieving ourselves of that burden, but we're, you know, it goes all the way back to what I was talking about in, in the sermon about pride. And we're no longer competing with God mm-hmm. to be God. We're just, we are, we are walking in faith that God is going to do exactly the right thing and the thing that he, like, the thing that is the most beneficial for us and, and all that. And I, I think that that would kind of be the difference. At least that's what feels like the yeah. difference for me is where's that confidence in? Is the confidence in God using that or is the confidence in, oh, I'm going to use that to make it whatever I want to make it. And then you end up just bitter and frustrated because it's not the thing that you thought it would be. But that's because God, yeah. God ended up using it for something different in, you know, all unmet expectations are met with frustrations and you're frustrated and bitter. And yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought to say, like, if you just take the example of going to church, that if you then say, well, I'm going to show up and then it's going to be like this. And you know, this person's going to be leading worship and this person's going to be preaching. And this is what that experience is going to be like. And I'm going to see these people. And then if none of those things happen, then yeah, that can lead to, that could lead to somebody just saying, well, this is why, this is yeah. why I shouldn't I shouldn't even have bothered anyway coming. Um, I think the other thing that can happen is just the self-righteousness of thinking that you checked the box and so you did the thing and approving of your own self, which would be approaching it in strength rather than weakness. I think when you when you acknowledge, um, you know, take another example of just like a daily quiet time or just being in the word. Like when when you acknowledge to the Lord, I I don't my desire isn't for this. And so then you approach it in weakness, then you're letting Christ be your strength. You know, and Paul says, when I'm weak, then I am strong because it's, it's Christ in him rather than his own strength doing it. And so I think, um, I think if I'm feeling, so let me, let's imagine that I was feeling really frustrated with you and, um, which is a really hard, that's a stretch. It's big. I have to imagine what that would be like. So if I'm feeling frustrated with you, and then I say, you know what? I know that what I should be doing is is extending the olive branch or I'm going to lead with kindness. That if I do that in self-righteousness, that's going to grow bitterness and hardness of heart. Like if I do it and say, hey, look at look at me. Yeah. I, I wanted to punch you in the face, but instead, like I gave you a compliment. And, you know, and I, Well, then the I, next time I do something that frustrates you, you're just going to be like, come on, man. Right. I extended you the olive right. branch. Exactly. Yeah, it's about my righteousness as opposed to confessing, Lord, I know I'm supposed to have compassion and grace right now, and I don't. And so I'm going to step out and offer that grace 
in weakness because I don't have like I and and in faith that you are going to meet me there and give me grace to to actually feel the compassion that I'm showing. That's the, that I think that's the difference. Yeah. You know, I think uh, and you know, and attached to what you said, and I think it's so important with gratitude because I've had such a difficult relationship with Thanksgiving and gratitude my whole life because, um, you know, they'll like people will talk about counting your blessings and being and 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 being thankful for what you have, and when something goes wrong, then like, but but it could be worse. Like there's people that are in worse situations, and that's always rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, yeah, like it just it feels, it just feels weird, like to thank God. Um, I, I just had this struggle of like, well, if I'm thanking God for my health, for example, does that mean that I wouldn't be thanking him if he took away my health? Do I feel right. entitled to my health? Do I think that God loves me more than that person who's struggling with their health? There's all these weird things that would come into it. And um, and I feel like I'm at a much healthier place now with it of just being able to, to say thank you and to give thanks. You know, I, I it's so helpful to me to imagine what is appropriate for a toddler to their parents? I That is so helpful to me all the time to think about that. Is Well, would this be appropriate for a toddler to say to their parent? And so if I, if I bought my toddler ice cream and they didn't give me thanks because they thought they were felt burdened by the fact that there are many children who don't get ice cream. And yeah, that, that'd be weird, right? It would be weird. I yeah. would say, like, it's okay. Like, you're right. You're not entitled to, or if they felt like by saying thank you that they were somehow saying that they deserved it or entitled, you would say, just give thanks. Tomorrow you may not get ice cream. This may be the last ice cream you ever get. And if it's the last ice cream you ever get, it is not because your, your father is evil or doesn't love you. Like your father is still good. But in this moment, you're receiving this ice cream. Be thankful for it. Right. And so I think the discipline of giving thanks and then letting it be attached to a heart of gratitude. Let it reveal, do I actually feel gratitude of this or or do I not? And and hoping that God meets me there and say like, oh, so I know I should be thankful for this. You know, like um, another silly example is when you're at the end of a long, hot day of coaching baseball, um, it's easy to just be like, I just want to like, oh, this is another thing I have to do. And then you think, it is it is totally undeserved that I have like a healthy child that can run around and play baseball and that I can that I'm able that I have a job that allows me to go and to coach and that we live in a town where it was like a 15 minute drive to the tournament, you know, and I um, and I get to be outside and the weather is beautiful and all these different things. Um, giving thanks for all of those things start to stir in me a heart of gratitude. And when it actually stirs a heart of gratitude, then it starts producing some of the other things. Like when you are walking around, this is one of the things that I wanted to kind of transition to of you. I thought you did a really good job of was talking about like that joyful noise. It's, it's from the heart of gratitude that we really make a joyful noise, like giving thanks to God and that action of it. And, and, and do like, there's another example where the actions and the heart kind of go hand in hand. But the joyful utterance and that that noise in our life, the noise of our life being seen and experienced by other people um, comes from a heart of gratitude. And when you are filled with gratitude, um, there is, like, there's a reason why the world, like gratitude is such a big thing. You pointed it out in the message, but in the world, it is such a big thing right now. 
like in the in the kind of new agey spiritual sense, just having a heart of gratitude because psychologically we understand that when a person is full of true gratitude, they just they're so much more joyful. Right. They're so much more at peace because they're looking at everything as gravy. Everything is like is frosting on the cake. Like everything is just, oh my goodness, more more gravy, more more frosting, more like um as opposed to when you grow in bitterness and entitlement, then you feel like everything is the cake. Like everything is that like if it's the true substance. And if I if I don't have any of those things, then I'm missing out on something that I'm entitled to or I need to survive, as opposed to someone who's walking around constantly blown away at all the blessings that they're receiving. Um, but of course, the difference is that in Christianity, we know who we're thanking. Right, right? Like, exactly. Well, and that's, that's the big thing. And I, I think that that's where there's kind of this shared common grace. It's really interesting how, and I, I love how Psalm 100 has right in the middle that like gratitude comes from, it is humility. It's knowing that God is God. It's knowing that he is the creator. He is the sustainer. Um, and I really wish I would have had, I really wish I would have maybe gone a little, you asked me about what I wish I could have gone a little bit deeper on, but was that idea of a joyful noise? Because I think, I think in our culture and granted when I say this, I understand that media picks out what they're going to pick out, but I feel like there is a picture portrayal of Christians doing a lot of grumbling about things, a lot of, you know, just being upset and complaining about things and, and grumbling and all of this. When in reality, what our reputation should be is through any sort of circumstance, through any sort of environment, through any sort of life situation, there should be a level of thankfulness. And this actually, there should be a joyful noise that we radiate. And here's what's difficult, though. And I I will say that I encountered this with this psalm more than the other one, but I'm finding um, when we preached the Summer of the Psalms, it was interesting that both, uh, all, all three of us, you, Jeff, and I, all ended up preaching on pretty heavy psalms about suffering in the first month. And then in these last months, we've kind of gone towards praise and in what would seem a lot more um, sunshiny. And I actually found, I found it a little more difficult to write the message and preach this sermon than the ones on suffering, because it's very difficult. It is very difficult to look at somebody who is going through one of those valleys right now, through one of those depths and say, you know, be grateful, be thankful. That is a hard thing. So I don't want to like, I think it's easy to look at some person who's grumbling or complaining and go, well, be thankful. Well, yeah, of course. But for the person who's going through a valley right now to look at them and go, well, be, be grateful, be thankful. That's a very difficult thing to do. Um, but it's, it's a little bit transcendent from what the world expects from us. And this is why Christianity is so unique is like we, we can be in the midst of our, in the midst of our, our darkest valleys, we can have hearts of gratitude because, as Psalm 23 points out, the Lord is our shepherd. He walks with us through these moments. He goes through them. Um, and that's how, even in even in the storms, even in the valleys, we can still have grateful. And that's how we can even produce joyful noise when we're going through difficult seasons and not hold back from the tears and not hold back from the sorrow and not hold back from everything that comes with that, but still be thankful that the Lord sustains us through those. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I, I think, yeah. I, the, that was but, a lot. I'm sorry. No, I kind of no, no, went all over the place comes, with that. But what comes into my mind is just this, is like what this life does look like. And I think that if you are going to be like, I want to make sure it's clear that we're not talking about just, well, you know, 
stiffen your upper lip and, you know, yeah, never and feel just, bad and give thanks. You know, you should be giving thanks and it could be worse. It's not like that's where it's, it's so often gets taken, especially in our culture is, well, it could be worse. That's that's it's not, not exactly yeah. what we're getting at. We're saying like, no, there are there are tangible mercies and kindnesses that the Lord is showing you every single day. It's extravagant. And sometimes it's in the midst of hard things. Jeff mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when he talked about in the grief, in the midst of grieving over the loss of his mom, and then how that gets turned into praise and thanksgiving because the reason why he's grieving the loss of his mom is because of all these wonderful mm. things, you know, that she was in his life. And so he's able to give thanks in that. I was spending time doing that today of like grieving and then, but then giving thanks because there's a reason why I'm grieving, like because I have so many things to be thankful for in this. And so it, it, it's not about just putting on a, a thankful facade and be like, well, nope, I should give thanks. It's, it's again, to go back to this idea of it's not settling for a bitter or grumbling heart. It's giving thanks as a discipline, knowing that what it's meant to do is to stir my affections and my gratitude for all that God has done, you know, for me. And in what you had talked about, like, you know, grumbling and complaining towards a person or feeling bitter towards a person, for example, like when you get to, um, when you get to show mercy to somebody else, it's because out of gratitude, the fount of gratitude for the mercy we've been shown. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, you know, that's so critical and it's so critical that, you know, you'd mentioned, I, I was thinking about like, how do we, you know, kind of, how do we do this, you know, practically and, you know, one thing that I know comes up a lot is people talk about like, well, so are we supposed to give, there's been the, the play on words of, you know, do you give thanks in all circumstances or for all circumstances? Like mm. if I'm diagnosed with cancer, should I be giving thanks for the cancer or should I be giving thanks in the midst of having cancer? So the difference between those two is to give thanks in the midst of ca- cancer often gets us to saying it's it's like the humanistic point of view of like look for the silver lining you know like yes you you have cancer but you have all these other thing, things to be thankful for so don't think about the cancer like when you're giving thanks don't think about the cancer think about all the other blessings in your life and there's a, there's an extent to which we're supposed to do that but then the other side is to say like okay well how do i give thanks to god for the cancer and i i don't i still don't know if it's like when Paul is talking about those kinds of things, if if we're actually giving thanks for the brokenness, I, I don't think that's what, you know, like I don't think I should give, if someone punches me in the face, I don't know that I'm called to give thanks that that person sinned. You know, like I would never, we're never called to give thanks to God for sin. Right, right, right. yeah. However, what God does through it, I do think that we can give thanks for. Like I'm reminded in the midst of health scares and health trials that how thankful I am that I, that I'm able to go to the sovereign God of the universe who created me and is sovereign over all of these things. Like how thankful that I am. Like I give thanks to the God, to God. So I think if I'm making any sense, I think in those hard circumstances when we say, okay, well, how do I give thanks in the midst or how do I give thanks in all circumstances as Paul, you know, as we're commanded to through Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, um, I don't think, I think it's like a meshing of those two. Like, I don't think the answer is only to, okay, ignore this hard circumstance and think about how 
these other things that are totally separate from this circumstance. I think that's fine, but I don't think that's just the only answer because the problem with that is the second it your attention is drawn back to this thing that's hard, there goes your heart of gratitude. Right. 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 So um, you're distracted from the pain of this for a little bit by thinking about these other things that are not attached. But the second the pain comes up again, then you're right back where you were. But the power of gratitude in Christ is that even in the midst of all those things, that the actual pain of the cancer or of the health issue or of the broken relationship can be a means through which we are expressing gratitude to God, you know, that for, um, for all kinds of things through it, like the gratitude for what he's doing in the midst of it, gratitude for the intimacy that we feel with him through it, gratitude for the fact that um, we know that whatever is going on in our life, that it can't destroy us, that, that God has us and that he, he's not letting go of us. Like there's all of these things that he's doing in the midst of that. And I think, um, I think that's a really practical way of just of pushing into that and, and expressing thanksgiving and giving thanks to God in the midst of all those circumstances, um, which will stir our heart for gratitude, which then makes that gratitude take such a deep root in our heart that grumbling and complaining can't really get in there. Right, right, right? yeah. Because the enemy is going to try, keep trying to bring up like, yeah, but what about this? And so often as humans, we take the road of, well, I need to be distracted from this painful circumstance so that I can give thanks for these other things. And like I said, there is a time and a place to do that for sure. Like my mom, when she was battling cancer, like there were times we sat down and just watched a football game together. And it was a distraction from that. That's great. Those are gifts from God. But it, but our gratitude becomes deeply rooted when we're able to also give thanks in the midst of, of all circumstances um, and in all things. And, you know, in some ways of doing that, um, I would say like uh, you mentioned some of these things, but some of the things that popped up in my head that have been helpful is one to journal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just write out everything, literally everything. Um, You'll be surprised at the things that pop up when yeah. you're journaling that you don't even think of, but as you get to moving and, and writing and you're like, Oh, I didn't even realize I was thankful for that until I got halfway through that page. And yeah. Yeah. Like just giving thanks for all that. I mean, I've done that with my kids lately. <laughs> Cause there've been some frustrating times lately in parenting and I'll just start giving thanks for my kids. And then it does not take long to realize, Holy cow, like this is such a short season that I have them here with me. And I'm so thankful that I get to have them. And I'm thankful for God's mercy in the midst of all this. And so journaling is, is, you know, is a really good one. I think sharing with other people, um, just like, you know, sitting down with someone that you're close with and say, Hey, let's just, let's play a game and like, let's just popcorn back and forth. Something that you're thankful for. Yeah. And like, kind of like the journaling thing, it'll stir your mind. Like, Oh yeah, I'm thankful for that too. Yeah. Before you know? bed, we, we, we exercise this with our kids is before bed. We'll ask what's one thing you're thankful for today. Or what was, what was your favorite moment for today? And then afterwards we pray. And every time when we pray, we include um, Thanksgiving for that specific fun thing or that specific like person that they got to interact with or whatever that was just as a way of like, constantly reminding us and it's also really helpful because then you wake up in the morning and you're like that was kind of your your capstone it kind of sends you into mm -hmm. so that's another way we like that's one of the ways we exercise it yeah and i think in doing that is then thanking god through that thing like you know thanking god for even for especially for kids but for anybody like for for pets or for a sunny day or whatever the key is 
the world would say be grat you know be thankful to something nebulous like just be thankful that it, it was sunny today because tomorrow it could be a big thunderstorm um, but we get to say be thankful to the God who created sunny days yeah right and so I'm enjoying this but it's a gift from my good father and we all know that that is always way better yeah and not not just that he not just that he created that, but right. that he have a, a personal walk in relationship with him. Yeah. Like I can go to him and actually thank yeah. him and not just thank this like nebulous, thanks earth for right. being earth. Right. Okay, cool. And, yeah. And the relationship is so much more powerful. It's, you know, everyone knows that, um, you know, our best Christmas presents that we've gotten are attached to a person. Right. Yep. Like I just, I've never... And I could be wrong, and I'm sure there are people out there who could say, like, oh, I remember getting a bike for my, you know, for Christmas, you know, or for my eighth birthday, and I don't remember who gave it to me. But most of the time, if I ask people, like, what's your favorite gift you've ever gotten? It's going to be attached to a person. And the older we get, the more so, because it'll be something sentimental. Be like, yeah. you know, this, I got my first baseball glove from my dad. I got my, um, you know, my my first deer blind I don't know. I was trying to come up with those. Those are good Wisconsin. Yeah. My real, first, real contextually, yeah. my first deer blind from first, my uh, but duck um, decoy. But it's attached to a person because gifts matter because of the giver of the gifts, and so that's always then that's ultimately as we give thanks to God for Him, um, but also for the things that He gives us. It's stirring our affections for the giver of the gifts, which is the desire of all this, which is what Psalm one hundred, you know. Is, is coming back to is you're giving our thanksgiving is to a person the person of God manifested in the form of Jesus Christ and you know dwelling us through the Holy Spirit this this is that cultivates a true heart of gratitude that is bulletproof yep. like in all circumstances yep. we can have a heart of gratitude which will then make a joyful noise for the world so I don't know I think it's a really this was a really powerful um, thing to just kind of sit in for a while. So I'm grateful to it. Anything you, anything else you want to add? No, I love this conversation. This is a good, it's a good reminder. You know, it's funny, even after preaching that you need to remind yourself constantly, you have to constantly remind yourself. And so I'm yeah. thankful for this conversation to just help remind me as I'm going into this week to be looking, to be thankful in, in all situations. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully it's been helpful to you. We would love to hear things you're thankful for. Yeah. Um, it, it's just good to share that with one another, um, to cultivate a culture of Thanksgiving. Love it. Um, yeah. Love to have that in our church. We're just going around saying what we're thankful for, um, and and thankful to God for, and just being uh, in awe of of the kindness of our God. So, um, if you have any questions, or maybe you're struggling to feel thankful and, and you need help in that we want to walk with you through that so you can reach out to us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com or give us a call talk to us on a weekend um, you know the drill uh, we are grateful that you uh, speaking of gratitude thank you for taking the time to listen hopefully it's been helpful and until next time grace and peace mm-hmm.